Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, we want to make sure you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for listening and being a part of our podcast family. If you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to share your favorite episode with someone. It really does help our podcast grow. And I have one that's very unusual today. And there's sadly some history behind it. And I'm not sure if some people are going to be happy with this. Because in a way... We helped create this monster. There was once... Oh, I don't even know how to begin. There was a time when we as a company would take all of our families out for little mini vacations to, I don't know, just, they were group vacations and they were meant to be bonding exercises for us and our families, kind of like a family support group so that, you know, if anything happened to us or if anything needed explained to us, you already knew the players involved. Dealing with top secret information like cryptids and, you know, aliens and all the other things Dr. Andrew Michaels and the Department of Navy Special Services gets up to. Yes, it's quite ugly at times. And it was nice just to get our families away sometimes where we could all talk and our kids could play and the wives and husbands could open up and talk to somebody that kind of knew what they were going through, you know? And it was nice. And they were usually short little four-day weekends, you know, like maybe going to some cabins or a water park or, you know, uh, two days at the zoo, you know, with all kinds of special stuff we were going to do. and Or like going to, you know, like... um Kennedy Space Center in Florida, something you could do in a couple, two or three days and just hit the beach with the kids and then get back home. And one trip we took, we ran into a cryptid that 
could flatten itself against walls. He could literally hide in the crease, in the crack of a door jam. And he had to be stark naked to do it. And I talked about him in earlier stories. My receptionist and I were at a cabin with several other families and we discovered this strange cryptid. He was basically human but had lived a long, long life as a weird, strange peeping Tom able to literally slide between the cracks in windows, the cracks in the closed door and get into the cabins and he would spy on the people staying there and it was quite disturbing and very weird and discovering him did not go well because we had our families with us and the children and he was of course stark raving nude that didn't help and he ended up being captured in a most um, violent way. He got torched by a lantern on a wooden bridge. Luckily, we saved the bridge and him. But um, the damage was still done. He was harmed and very angry and out for revenge. What we didn't know at the time when we locked him up was that this ancient, strange, weird creature had sired a child. That's right. And yes, she had inherited his powers in a similar way. Now she wasn't just like him. Her powers were different. And this is the story of her seeking revenge on us. We joked about the trip that we took to the cabins that fateful weekend and how everything had gone wrong. We would always laugh about it and talk about it around the water cooler and lunch as a learning experience, running into a very strange and creepy cryptid. <laughs> when we were supposed to be enjoying our families and relaxing and being on vacation, it was quite an experience, I will tell you. And we never really forgot it. I think that's what drove us to plan another four-day weekend at those cabins. We wanted to go there and really enjoy the country and the nature, the leaves changing color, take photos, the nice scenic walks and drives, all the local waterfalls and the 
covered wooden bridge. We just wanted to really go back there and see all the things we missed because we cut our trip so short when we ran into that creature the last time. Our kids were older and they all kind of knew each other well. And we hadn't really taken a nature hiking trip in a long time. We'd done everything but that. And it just seemed like a good fit for the group. So I scheduled it on a nice Thanksgiving four-day weekend. And uh, we planned on going there and just having the time of our lives and enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday. Now, this just happened, so it's very fresh in my mind. It was a, well, it wasn't a learning experience. It was quite macabre and quite frightening, and things didn't turn out the way they did last time. Oh, because someone was waiting for us to return. We found our cabins and we all took our rooms, unpacked our belongings, and got ready for the evening's events. We arrived in time for Thanksgiving and had a wonderful dinner. It was very typical turkey stuffing, gravy, and all the fixings. Everybody was bloated and full of pie, and we were all trying to relax around a nice, warm fire. My receptionist and her family were there, as well as another family that worked with us at the Department of Navy Special Services. And we were all having a great time watching Elf and the new Christmas story, Christmas movie, and just having a laugh. And I was very tired. And I told my wife I wanted to go to bed. Everybody was free to do whatever they wanted, but hey, Dr. Andrew Michaels is tired of helping people today. I'm going to help myself to a nice winter nap. We had gotten to the cabin a little later in the year than we wanted to go. The leaves were pretty much down, and it had snowed a little bit. The snow was wonderful, and you could see the tracks of deer and squirrels and birds in the snow as we unpacked our belongings and took our rooms in the cabin. It was really, really wonderful, and it just felt so Christmassy and the holiday season, and I wish I would have shared this earlier in the year with you before, but I wasn't able to speak about it till now. There was a lot of ruckus and noise in the large open living space, so I told my wife I was just going to shut the door and put on a noise machine and a fan and I would have no problem sleeping and they could just have as much fun as they wanted don't worry about me 
And I did just that. I lied. I laid down in the bed and I turned on my noise machine, turned it up and turned the ceiling fan on. So it made a little bit of noise. And I was like barely even laying down in bed, didn't even pull the blankets down. And I fell asleep right there on top of the blankets with my shoes still on and everything. Oh my God. I was out cold. I'll admit it. What a goofy guy sleeping that quickly. Well, of course, everybody else went to bed eventually. And my wife joined me in the bedroom. And she closed the door for privacy's sake. But in her getting ready for bed and changing and finishing unpacking and everything else. She woke me up. I tried to go back to sleep, but I couldn't. And it was no big deal. I was kind of a night owl. So I thought about getting up and then I thought, well, if I get up, I'm just going to be up for hours. And then I'm going to be sleeping all morning when everybody's getting ready for breakfast and the day's events. So, look, I'm just going to lay here until I fall asleep again. So, I sat up, kicked my shoes off, and uh, took my pants off and pulled the blankets down and started getting ready to get in bed when I heard a noise the tiniest of noises, a click of my door. Somebody was at my door. My door had clicked and cracked open. I knew my door was cracked open. I turned. It was closed. But I heard it. And I thought, you're jumpy. You're tired. It's late. You just, somebody might have thought they were at your room and they, they came to the wrong door. But something caught my eye and my attention. There was no light. So they must have just jiggled the door handle and realized, oh, there's, they're at the wrong room. Because the light from the hallway didn't come through. So I thought, you know, hey, no big deal, don't worry about it. They left the hall light on so the kids could get up and everybody else can find the bathroom and nobody would trip over anything being an odd environment, you know, some place they really didn't know well. So I laid down and I pulled the blankets over me and I tried to sleep. I think about 15 or 20 minutes went by when I heard same click clack of my door opening up. I turned and looked. It was cracked just a tiny bit, but no light was coming through. I sat up and looked right at the crack of the door and I swore I saw a single eye looking in at me through that crack 
the door. My eyes were adjusting to the darkness, and all of a sudden I realized the door drifted quietly shut. They were holding the doorknob all the way over so that the latch was was pulled into the door frame or into the door so it wouldn't strike the door. Then they were slowly released the door handle. Somebody was at my door, but I didn't see anything. There was no light silhouetting them from behind. I quietly slid out from under the blankets and got up. I was very stiff. I had slept for quite a long time at this point. So I was a little hunched over and I had to stretch and move. Sure as hell, my door cracked open again. You could hear it. There was a telltale clack when they turned the doorknob the first time. And that door opened back up. No light came through, but there was somebody there. They obviously saw that I was up. The door handle went limp. The light from the outside came in and the door drifted open. I walked out to look out in the hallway and there was no one there. Hmm. I'm up now. Nobody here. The door, maybe, you know what? It's a draft. That's what I thought. There's a draft and the door is opening and closing from people opening and closing their doors shutting the bathroom door too fast, the fan from the bathroom is pulling it open, shutting it when they turn the fan off, it's closing, who knows. Okay, there might be a draft from outside. That happens in these old cabins. I stepped out of the bedroom, closed the door behind me quietly, and then went down the hall to the shared restroom and relieved myself because... You know, as you get older, that <laughs> it's no big deal. Men have to relieve themselves every hour, it feels like, but it's not that bad. And, you know, I checked all the doors and looked around, and when I was satisfied my dad duties were done, I went back down the hall and closed the door and got back in bed. Everything's all right. Something was nagging at me, and I know what it was. I had that weird feeling of something just wasn't right. And I don't know, you get a knack for this when you're my age, when you've been in the business as long. You sit there and you look at your watch, and you time it out. You wait about another 20 minutes and this time I get up and I walk over and I check the door my door was closed I open it click very gently that little click clack and I look out in the hallway I just peek you know how you look just 
through the very crack of the door. And when I crack the door, and I open it up just that wee little bit, I saw a narrow-faced woman turning, putting her eye right at my level. I had interrupted her. She was looking right at me. Our eyes met. I was hunched over, shocked, and I pulled the door open. Oh my God, what was this? She turned all in stark black, black, long dress all the way to the ground, and long sleeves. She looked like a funeral gown, and black dirty, greasy, black hair. Her face was so narrow, it looked like it could fit through the crack of the door. Her face swelled back out to a normal shape. She sucked in a breath, and in panic, mumbling, turned and raced for the door. Before I could act, before I could even think, she was out the door of our cabin, leaving the door wide open into the snow. I was shocked. She looked like she glided across the floor. I never heard a click of her heels or her shoes, and I saw her race out into the dark. I must have been startled beyond belief. I grabbed my cell phone, turned on the flashlight app on the back of it, and brought up my camera, hoping I could snap a photo of her, and I raced over to the door. She was long gone. I almost fell right on my ass in the new snow that was all over the porch. I saw that she did leave a smear of snow from her dress and as she launched herself across the steps into the grass you could see where her dress struck like a poof on the new fresh cold dry snow there were footprints where she landed and then she hiked her dress because it quit dragging and you could see her too dainty feet running away in the snow. I'm standing there in my bare feet in the snow, freezing my ass off, snapping quick photos. When a couple other adults came to the door, the receptionist, her husband, and my wife all came to the door. What in the world are you doing? They were very upset. I told them not to worry. Everything's okay. They're gone. <laughs> they are gone? Who's they? What's they? My wife was not happy at all. She asked me, did you lock the door? Was the door locked? And I go, look, look, look. Just stop. Just stop. Let's all go inside. I'm freaking freezing. My feet are icy cold. And I walked back to 
my bedroom, got my shoes on and coat, and a proper, strong flashlight from my car, armed myself with my service revolver, and went out into the snow, being careful not to step on the tracks and walking out to try to figure out where she went or if she was nearby. Now this is the scary part, at least to me. Dumbass, Dr. Andrew Michaels, alone, in the dark. Everybody is sitting in the living room, completely mad at me because I'm going out by myself and all I have is a couple of porch lights on and a flashlight and my cell phone and my service revolver. And it's cold as hell. But I'm going to at least go out and see where I could tell in the snow where she went before the tracks get covered by the snow that was just kind of drizzling down. It was a dry snow, so one good gust of wind would destroy her tracks. Her feet were dainty, not the size of a doll and not the size of a deer's hoof print, but somewhere in between. You could tell it was a shoe, a heel, like a granny boot, a thicker heel on the back, and then a strong base, but a small, tiny, tiny shoe. And you could tell she was in a hurry, taking long strides, like she was racing along on top of the snow as fast as she could run. I followed her tracks out to the edge of the field that was in the front of the cabin to a tree. She was hiding behind a tree at one point. She was watching what we were going to do next. Then she left her spot behind the tree and continued towards the woods behind the cabin. So I had come out of the front, walked over to some random trees in the front yard, found out she was hiding there. But when she realized I was coming out, she left and went towards the trees, the tree line, that would be about a 45 degree angle, heading behind the house. I followed the tracks for a while, and the snow was getting worse and worse, and I was losing the tracks. Her feet were so small, you could barely see them. They were like little pegs almost, like she was running on dowel rods, until finally I couldn't see her footprints anymore. I got close to the tree line, shined the light back and forth, and caught the eyes of a hidden deer and her baby fawn in the woods. But nothing more. And believe me, I was shocked when I saw those eyes glowing back at me. <laughs> she was scared too. She ditched me. Her feet kept getting smaller and smaller and lighter and lighter until she left no tracks at all. I've never seen anything like it. So, I'm done here. I'm free.
frozen. I barely have a jacket on. And I'm walking around in my shoes <laughs> that I wore there, not boots. And my feet are soaking wet. And I'm icy cold. I turn around and cross the track that she left and start walking straight back to the house. I had that nagging feeling, though. And every five to ten steps, I would stop and scan around me. Scan all the way around 180 degrees. Then I would start walking back towards the cabin, scanning the 180 in front of me to make sure she didn't surprise me coming from a different direction. I repeated this process three times and I got to the back of the house. And that's when I saw her. The hair on my neck is standing up right now. Just thinking about that moment. I came up to the corner of the house and there was a downspout. As I walked past the corner of the house, I shot my light down the back side of the house, the side I wasn't going to go down, and then I turned and the light came back and crossed over the downspout, and I flashed up the side of the house, and that's when my light caught her eye for a split second. She had wedged herself and hid right there in the space between the downspout and the house and was looking right at me, thin as a line drawn on a paper, her arms above her head, her legs pulled in tight and narrow like a ribbon. The only thing my light caught was the smallest glint off her eyes. And I had enough composure to continue pulling my light forward so she knew she hadn't been spotted just yet. I can feel the goosebumps going up my legs right now, up my back, down my arms, as I tell you what I did next. And I assure you, it wasn't the reaction I expected, but I certainly got what I deserved. As I said, I drug my light down the side of the building, past the downspout, and down the side of the house I was going to travel. I kept my composure. I did not let on I saw her. Then I swung my light quickly, pulled up 
my cell phone camera with the flash ready, the light on my phone on, and I wrapped that metal downspout with the back side of my long, big flashlight. And I mean, I banged it like a gong, and she jumped. She jumped out like the devil from that crack behind the downspout, that space between the downspout and the house. She leaped out right in front of me, puffed up big, puffed up strong, took both of her hands and landed them on my shoulders. Her face was inches from my face, and she screamed. She screamed so loud that she was caught, that I dared, dared hurt her, frighten her, scare her, attack her. She screamed, and it was like a thousand devils, a thousand demons' voices in my head. And I stumbled back using a quick maneuver. I ripped loose from her. Her nails slid across my jacket, scraping, snagging the fabric of my windbreaker. I flashed the light in front of me, took a quick photo or two. I don't know what I did at the moment, but I knew I was running on auto. I swung back and forth. Keep your distance. Don't touch me. And before anything was done, the house, all the lights came on. Everybody started pouring out of the house from every doorway. The window down the side of the house flashed up and open. The curtain blowing out of the house as my wife stuck her head out. What did you do now? What was that? I was going around and around in a circle, looking everywhere. Where was she? She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. And she was. I caught her at the edge of my flashlight in the snow, stretching, growing. She must have been ninety feet tall, reaching up, grabbing the top of a snow-covered pine, pulling herself up like some kind of creature out of mythology, one hand stretching all the way up to the top of a tree, and then pulling her dainty body up, 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 up to the top of the tree, and then she ran into the darkness across the tops of the branches, never to be seen. these. There's more of them. I was stunned. Everybody's weekend was now officially ruined by your very own Dr. Andrew Michaels.
receptionist walked right up to me with her husband and said, I will never go on a holiday with you ever again. You don't pay me enough, boss. And turned around and walked back in. I knew better not to say a word. And I just took it on the chin. There's more to this story, because I did discover something, and you should know it from earlier in the story, that this was the daughter, and how did I know that, and that's a story for another time. I hope you enjoyed this tale, and I hope You'll join me next week when I explain more of what went on in Cryptid Valley. Until then, take care and have a most blessed day. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tiralgoheo. Please take a moment to share this podcast with someone who might enjoy it and to rate or review it on your podcast player of choice. Those small things only take a few minutes and they really do help our podcast grow. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library videos online at youtube.com slash Links to connect with us on social media and to take a look at our merchandise can be found in the show notes. The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tiradohueo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels and his entire staff, thank you.